What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of White Tales and White Lines, and we are excited. We got some action-packed stuff going on today. We are going to talk a little bit about products. We're going to talk a bit, little bit about positive thinking, and we are also going to talk about our law enforcement in this country. Our first guest is a Missouri Highway Patrolman, a military veteran, and he just happens to be an avid bow hunter and outdoorsman. He fishes, he hunts, he does a little bit of it all. And we're going to talk about the things he's into and the things he's getting done. So I'm going to get him on the line first. So with that being said, just give me just a few seconds and get this phone thing figured out, and we're going to get to talking. Hey, buddy. How's it going? All right. How are you? Pretty good. Hey, so I went ahead and told, uh, gave gave the viewers a little preview. We talked about you being a military veteran and also what you do for a living as a Missouri Highway Patrolman. So with that being said, we'd all just like to say thank you for your service and thank you for putting on that blue uniform every day. But I appreciate it. We're, you know... We are excited. This is an outdoor podcast, and and you, out of all people, have some of the best luck I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know if it's all luck. So we're going to talk techniques and and just kind of give us a rundown of your way of thinking and why you think your success rate is so good. Well, I think most people's success rate boils down to how much effort you put into it, so... Uh, I'm like you, I basically live and breathe hunting and think about it pretty much every day of the year, so. It's it's hard to not think about it, ain't it? <laughs> oh, I think I'm losing connection with you. Are you? Let's see. There, it's gone. Okay, there we go. Let's, uh, let's try this. There you go. Can you hear me any better? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So, yeah, it's hard not to think about anything but hunting. Because it seems like if you drive by a field, there's always a deer or something standing out there, and you're like, oh, man, I just can't wait till next year. That's funny you talk about driving around and seeing them. You know, like you said, I work as a trooper, so I do a lot of driving, and that's where a lot of my uh, my excitement goes because I'm in areas where there's a lot of deer moving around, and uh, it's hard to not think about hunting even when I'm working. Right, absolutely. So did you have a pretty good season this season? Uh, this season, this season worked out pretty good. Um, it was a little bit slower than normal, probably, but ended up working out. So um, let's let's do a little season recap, and then after that, we're gonna we're gonna get on with uh, we're gonna talk about ERA and uh, and just you can tell us a little bit about that and where to find it and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm. I don't know if you can hear me moving around, so I'm actually trying to get the. Uh, fish cooker boiling so I can boil this skull of mine from this year's hunt. Awesome, awesome. And, and where, uh, where'd you shoot that one at this year? I actually shot this one in northern Missouri. Uh, I've been, for the past uh, three or four years, I've been going up to Putnam County with a buddy of mine, and we make an annual rut hunt up there, basically. We, we go up first week in November and, um, you know, see what we can get done up there at that point in time. And you've got you guys have had pretty good success up there. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. He, you know, he's been hunting up there most of his life. I mean, they've killed everything from 
couple one seventies, you know, multiple one fifties. So right, there's some there's some big deer up there. And that and that kind of that country up there, it's a lot different than it is like where we're at here in Bates County, and even where you're at down there in the southern part of the state. Well, where we're going, um, where I'm hunting with him is is a mixture of cattle ground and mixture of cattle ground and, and crops. Right. Um, there are actually still some big timber up there. Uh, where we're hunting is mostly cattle property, so we're having to, you know, hunt the. A few spots that are, are left pretty wild, you know, with mostly timber and stuff on them because, you know, the owner of the property, you know, if he can, he uses it for his cows. I mean, that's how he makes his living. So we got to do what we can with what's left. Right. Now, do you think on the subject of cows, do you think cattle hurt or help the deer hunting? Um. I'm kind of, I kind of am a mixture on that. I think depending on what you have. I think if if you're running and you have most everything devoted towards your cows and there's not much left alone, that that'll hurt right. the deer. But if if you have, you know, cows, cow, cows are kind of like the the new buffalo. And uh, I don't know, could you hear that cooking now? No, oh, yeah, you could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still not working like I wanted to. So, you know, back in the day we had cattle or cattle. Now we have cattle. Buffalo grazed on, you know, prairies and stuff. And that's what kind of kept them, uh, you know, in, in a stage of regrowth. Right. And, and so, you know, you can use cows now. Uh, I know some people call it like the Buffalo method, you know, referring back to when Buffalo were still grazing on the plains and stuff. But, um, you know, personally, if I had property that I, that I owned, I wouldn't have cows on it. Right. Um, but, you know, I also understand the benefits of having cows, you know, reason of having the land. Absolutely. And so, so, I mean, where we're at up there, you know, obviously we see more deer where, where the cows aren't, but, uh, on, I think it was like the third day of our hunt, I actually stalked a buck that was in the middle of a bullpen, uh, that would call it as, you know, it's probably... A 50-acre piece, and it's where he keeps his bulls. There's, I think there was four bulls in there at the time, and we were going hunting, and as we drove by, there was a nice buck out in the middle of the, the pasture with, there's just a clump of trees there. Mm-hmm. That's probably about 30 yards, uh, you know, circle. And uh, Tim left me off. I crawled down into this waterway, and I ended up getting into about 40 yards of this buck. He had a doe pinned down in there um you know the rut was on and it was starting to be lockdown phase and i was able to get within 40 yards of him i just didn't have a clear shot right and uh kept you know working around and i chose to go right around a couple of the these big trees and they decided to go left around those trees of course and but then you know they moved out into the pasture and they were right around i mean you know they were within 30 40 yards of all the bulls out out there wow you know, it didn't bother them, you know. Um, just, I'm sure everyone's seen the video that's cruising around the book of faces and, you know, showing a, a buck and a bull fighting. You yep. know, I, I mean, they get used to those animals and they, they live within, you know, right side of them, so. Right. So, now, you just, you just moved farther south. Yes. And how, 
I know you got your own little place down there now, and uh, you're getting some things started with food plots and kind of getting your own place set up. I mean, how fun is that to be able to have your own little place, your own little property? It may not be much, but it's still enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, so actually, you know, we got we have eight acres here. So it's really not a lot. Um, but once I got here, I decided that I was going to plant a little bit of it. So I ended up planting about somewhere between three and a half or four acres. I planted in sunflowers and milo. Um, I figured, if anything, at least maybe it'll attract some doves and I could, you know, do some dove shoots at my place. Right. Uh, put up a couple trail cameras and actually started seeing deer. Um, had a couple decent bucks, you know, cruise through. We just don't have much cover on our property. Right. Just kind of pass through area. Um, but, uh, my wife did go hunting once. So our property has been hunted one time, one morning. My wife got in the stand for about 30 minutes and ended up shooting a small buck with her bow. And, uh, you know, it was just cool to actually have our own place. It was the first time we were able to kill a deer on our own property. So, I mean, that was a lot of fun, and it's made me want to do just more, you know, even get into a little bit more of doing what I can on this property. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, and that was that was your wife's first buck in a, in a while with a bow, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was her first one with a bow, or first buck with a bow since, I mean, it's probably been seven or eight years. Right. So did it, did it light a fire back in her? Is she ready to get after it again? Yeah, I mean, I think she's she is. Uh, most of the reason that she hasn't hunted so much and stuff is is actually due to the the ease of getting property and dealing with people and 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 stuff like that. You know, anymore it's, it's rough to get you know permission without having to pay you know to get land to hunt on. And then you know where there are places to hunt, you end up hunting with you know multiple people, and it just gets you know with her, she's not she's not like you, know, you who can just run out there and do her own thing. You know, she needs a little easier access to things and right. she needs you know i gotta be around to help her or whatever yep so that's kind of gotten her that was what kind of got her down um where we live now there's actually multiple places of public land a lot of core land and some other public lands that um i'm gonna over this spring i'm gonna try to do some scouting maybe while i'm turkey hunting and stuff and, and throw us up a couple places and maybe she'll be able to get out there on some of those places as well heck yeah so now you are a family man. You have one son, right? Yep. And yeah. son, he's fifteen. Actually, just got back from taking him uh, to get his his permit for his driver's test and uh, getting all that stuff good and taken care of right here before Christmas. Now, my kids are not old enough to drive yet, and now that yours is, is it a little scary? <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually very fortunate um, with my boy. He's he's very uh, very well mannered, got a good head on his shoulders, not crazy. Um, so I'm not too worried about him. You know, he he's a very safe driver. He's nervous about it. Doesn't you know? Doesn't get out there. I want to just hot rod. I don't think. Right. And uh, but you know, I see a lot of stuff, and you know, every day with with kids driving, and you know, it's it's not as bad. It all depends on on a lot of it becomes distractions, and that's with everyone. And, right. You know, I know, I think he's he's got it down that, you know, obviously you're not on your phone while you're driving. You don't got to have too many people in the car and stuff. That's that's big, just being able to be paying attention to the road and, and you know, driving safe. You got to watch out for everyone else, not just yourself. Right, and you know, you get to thinking about that, and 
I mean, you remember what it was like back in the day before there was really cell phones that were easy. Like cell phones nowadays are so easy to get on and control while you're driving down the road. And it used to be where we had those dang Nokia like little brick phones. There was no way you were going to send a text message and drive down the road at the same time. <laughs> no. Hey, my first phone I couldn't even text on. Right. You know, so, I mean, it is crazy the distractions that kids have to deal with opposed to what we dealt with when we were growing up. So, yes, but, I agree with that. And, and Hunter, he, he likes to, he likes to hunt too. He's been with you guys and he's killed some good stuff. Yeah, he, uh, he likes to, he, he struggles with having time, you know, this year he didn't, he actually didn't deer hunt this year. Um, you know, it was right in the middle of football season and so he was, had so much time being devoted to football that the weekend was his only time not to be, you know, worried about doing something. So right. he decided to take this year off. Um, I think there's been a few things where he's kind of missed, you know, kind of, I think he'll be ready to go back out next year. Right. Absolutely. So I got to ask you, because you're, you're a big time hunter like me, if you could hunt one animal for the rest of your life, what would it be? You know that that's a hard one. I I'd probably go ahead and stick with the the whitetail. As much as I like to, you know, go out and be able to chase elk quite a bit and stuff. You know, there's just something about you know whitetail hunting around here in the Midwest. That's that's you know just a lot of fun. You know, I still like to go out and chase turkeys because I like interacting with them. Right. But but deer's got my heart. Absolutely. I think I think it's awesome. And you know you know you talk turkey hunting. Now, this is the guy that. I had never gone turkey hunting before in my life, and uh, I got to go with him and his dad, and we go out there, and he's sitting on the ground working a, a call with his hand, and then he's got a mouth call in and working that thing, and it was because of you. I actually had some su- success and got to shoot my first Jake, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, that was an interesting <laughs> that was an interesting year, for one, and that yeah. was an interesting set there, right. to say the least. You know, we had three guys birds were weren't really working that great and we were able to get out there and you know had one respond to us and and call him in and uh what was funny about the whole situation was my dad was a little bit further back behind us right and we're watching this jake that's coming in and never knew that there was a gobbler out there as well right <laughs> and uh you know we're calling him in and you know i knew that you had never shot one and this one came in you know i what what do you get into about 20 yards yeah yeah and He's you know close. so i was like shoot him let's you know first word let's get it done yep and you shoot and the dad's like oh the, the gobbler was coming in oh, <laughs> and we were like, oh there was a gobbler <laughs> so, uh, but that's i mean you know that's the way it goes but that it's funny because even though it could have been you know just a jake you know that's that's kind of how you light that fire in people like i try to tell as many people as i can like if you've never gone hunting before or anything for anything you need to do it because there's something about being in the outdoors and harvesting your own meat, essentially, it is awesome. It's exciting. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, turkey especially. I mean, you know, it's turkey's a little different than deer. I mean, you only, you know, you shoot a turkey, you only got one or two meals out of them, really, depending on if you're sharing with, you know, someone else. Right. Um, but, you know, turkey, turkey's a great way to introduce people to hunting, especially, because if, if you can get on a bird that's working good, the excitement level is so high that, like, I don't see, I don't know how if you ever go turkey hunting and have a gobbler actually work. And you're not a hunter, 
how you couldn't, you know, not become a hunter after that. Right. And for some reason, I don't, you know, you and your dad always would talk about turkey hunting before we went, and and you were talking about how, you know, you go out there in the dark, and all of a sudden the sun starts coming up, and then an owl will hoot, and all of a sudden it's like the woods just come alive, and you hear those gobbles, and it, like, instantly gets your blood pumping. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, like I said, I love turkey hunting. I love being able to interact with them. Uh, you know, get that stuff started. But uh, even even without that, just just being in the woods in the spring when it wakes up is is awesome. I mean, that's one of the best, that is one of my favorite times of the year. Right. And I don't know. There's just something. And you're right. Something about just being in the outdoors, and you know, it's so peaceful. Like you know, like working. You know, same thing with you. You got a pretty crazy job at some sometimes. You know, and it's almost like a stress reliever for me because, like, I'll be on the road eight, nine months out of the year and then come home and work stress and just being around people all the time and then going to a stand the first time of the year and sit there and watch the sun come up and just watch the woods come alive. It's almost – there's a tranquility about it that is just awesome and you can't beat it. You know, I was just talking to another one of my buddies about that the other day and – uh you know, we're talking about vacations, and he was he was he was telling me that I was the first person that he ever knew that planned my work vacations around hunting. <laughs> I told him I told him that I I thought it was crazy that he did uh, that he he planned his around going to the beach and stuff. But you know, this year was we did go down to Florida, uh, spent a few days down in Florida and stuff. And you know, it was a great vacation. We had a lot of fun. I actually ended up going uh, saltwater fishing. Had a blast doing that. But, you know, I came back, and it, and it was like, yeah, I just was off for, you know, a week and had a vacation. But, like, I was still tired. I was still exhausted. Right. Like, you know, it's like you tried to tweeze in so much fun in those few days that, you know, you almost don't quite enjoy it as much. Whereas, right. you know, last month I took my week off. I took 10 days off uh, right at yep. the end of postseason, beginning of rifle season. And, you know, even though with that I'm still, you know, waking up early, getting out there and going hunting. You know, that's when that's when my body that's when I recharge. I mean that's that's a time just to be out there. You know you're getting out, getting to watch nature, and sit in a stand. You get to do some you know deep thinking if you need to think, or you know you really reflect on a lot of stuff of the year. And, and you know I come back from that trip ready to go. Right. Whereas from vacation, I'm 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 wore out still. Yep. It, it, and you're right. It seems like when you're on vacation, you are you're planning so much stuff that you almost make yourself just as tired as you would be if you were at work because you're trying to go and hit all these spots and do all this stuff and even a shorter amount of time than like a work week, you know? Yep. No, I agree, per- agree perfectly with you there. So now you run a couple, you run a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of let you just run loose on that and talk about it and what it's all about. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain that a little bit and then we can, go into the recap of my, my season this year uh first off we 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 began as team breakline uh breakline outdoors uh, a buddy of mine actually kind of created it started up with fishing and uh we did that for about a year and released some fishing videos and stuff and then uh within talking to a couple of my other buddies and and, and josh who originally started the team breakline we wanted to implement hunting with it even more uh, the three of us, there's four of us main 
uh, group members that, you know, the ones that kind of run it, uh, Tim, Ryan, myself, and Josh. Josh is the main fisherman. The rest of us hunt more than we fish. So we decided, you know, we got to come up with something, uh, a name that, you know, can, can, uh, and, and folds it all. And, uh, we became up with Epic Release Adventures, uh, ERA is what, you know, we can use as our, as our logo and stuff. And we, you know, we're big into smallmouth bass fishing and, and releasing smallmouth, you know, catch and release style because it takes so long for large or smallmouth bass to grow. Right. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, you catch a, a 15 inch smallmouth, you know, that thing's could be eight, nine years old to get to that size so you know we 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 had been part of ozark smallmouth alliance and stuff and you know their motto is let them go let them grow so we want to wanted to you know touch on that as well and so we you know use release as releasing them back into nature and then we talked about you know the release of the arrow whenever you're bow hunting uh, you know we're all big bow hunters so it just kind of worked out and so now like you said we are on facebook and on instagram as epic release adventures uh, our main motto is make your own adventure. Um, you know, we we like to do things our way and you know, put in our work to get, get what we want out of it. Uh, you know, Tim goes out west a lot, does do-it-yourself, you know, western hunts. Uh, we we do food plots. We do, you know, work on the land. We get out there and scout and do our stuff. So, you know, we encourage everyone to make their own adventure. You know, it's, it is what you make of it. That's right. You get, you get out of what you put into it. So. Yep. Uh, we want to, you know, encourage people to share. So a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll post photos, videos, and you know, we want people to share stuff with us as well. You know, whether it be in the comment section, sending it directly to us so that we can, you know, put it out as well. Yep. We're, we're taking it slow. We're nothing too big right now. Uh, we do have a couple videos out on YouTube. Uh, same there. You know, it's Epic Release Adventures on YouTube as well. Or you can go to our page and follow the links. Um, I had a great great archery hunt last year that we put on there um tim filmed me shooting you know mid 130s buck with my bow that i'd rattled in uh we got the the saltwater fishing trip i got that video on there and then you know there's multiple other little videos that we have on there i'm hoping to get get into that more uh this year i tried filming ryan a few times it just didn't work out and then season was rough uh season uh didn't go quite like we wanted so when me and tim took our vacation we kind of had planned on eventually just doing i'd hunt a morning he'd hunt an evening then the next morning he'd hunt then i'd hunt the next evening and filming each other but the way things were going we thought we'd best be just splitting up our time and, and getting after it so we didn't do as much filming as we as you know we really wanted to this year right um, but you know like i said we we finally made some hats uh and we're, we're planning on, you know, eventually making some shirts and stuff and kind of having some, some apparel and nothing, you know, we're not, we don't, we're not going to be team real tree or, or, you know, meat eater guys. We just want something that we can share, share our love of the outdoors with other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll, uh, yeah, I, I love, and the new caps, I think you had a new cap at Christmas and. Yeah, I did have one there, um, and like I said, we we only made a few. Like we, you know, we didn't have any that we released out to anybody yet. That was just, just we just made them for us guys and, and a few extras. Ryan actually kind of took that in because with his work, he had a guy that he had a connection with, and, and we're hoping to 
between now and next season get some more out for people. Heck yeah. Well, you guys are doing a great job so far. It's it's a cool deal. If you guys, like like he said, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, Epic Outdoor Adventures, and, uh, or, sorry, Epic Release Adventures. Um, and you can't beat them. They're, they got some really cool stuff. And if anybody has ever tried to self-film or film hunts, they know how much work is involved. So, some of these videos these guys put on there are pretty pretty awesome and definitely worth the watch. And just keep following them because they're only going to get bigger from here. So, all right. So, 2020 season recap. All righty. Well, you know, I went into this year. Uh, me and Tim had both put in for some western hunts. Uh, trying to go, we're trying to go elk hunting out there, archery elk hunt. I didn't get drawn, and uh, you know, I I told myself that I wasn't going to shoot anything. Uh, you know, lower than a 140 class buck. Um, just, I was going to hold out. Because uh, I knew I had my rut hunt the week up north with Tim. Um, got out early season. Um, you know, I know we're not going into tactics too much here, but I actually really love early season hunting. I think it's a great time to get on deer whenever they're the most patternable. Um, but this year, I actually was in a first year in a long time that I didn't have a lot of good bucks on camera. Right, and, and I, don't, I don't know what it was. I don't, you know, I don't. I, a couple of my best places had beans. Uh, where in the past, whenever there was beans there early season, I did really good. Uh, what was it three years ago? I shot a, that real nice uh, one seventy nine typical buck over beans the yep. second weekend of season in September. And what do we call him, Moose? I think right. Yeah, that was the one that was Moose. You and you and Dad actually came and helped me drag that one out. Had a long story with that one, but. You know, I, hunted, I actually hunted that deer two nights. That was that was all, all it took. The, you know, first night I didn't see anything. Uh, you know, decided to go right back in there the next night. Uh, we actually somehow got lucky and got some north winds. Temperatures had dropped about 15 degrees, and you know, the second night he came in right before dark and was able to make that one happen. So, but yeah, so I like going out early season. Um, this year, like I said, I didn't really have a whole lot. So early, I decided, you know what, I'm I'm gonna spend some time filming. You know, other people trying to get, you know, footage. And Ryan, actually, down here around Nixa, had some good, real good bucks that he had been watching all summer. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get him on sometime, and we can all kind of talk about it. Absolutely. But, uh, so, the first opening day, I took, I was off work. He was off work. So, I went with him opening day, filmed him, you know, morning and evening. Uh, we did see a couple of his shooters that just didn't come in. We had made a move in the middle of the day, hung a new stand, and... And went right back up on it, and, and we had a couple does come right by us. Of course, the the big boys decided to hang out and didn't, didn't come close enough. Right. And uh, and then you know we kept going. Uh, me and Tim decided that in early October we would go up north where we're going to hunt and hang some cameras and uh, hang stands. And you know we hunted a couple, you know, get a couple sets in, but really was just trying to get stuff set up so that way when we came up. Uh, during the rut that we would we already had some stands hung that we could just go get in because we do a lot of hanging hunts while we're up there but i know you know as well as everyone else sometimes it's nice just to be able to go walk out and get in the stand and not have to worry about climbing and hanging and all that you know right so so we went up there tim actually shot a doe um got our got all of our stuff hooked up and you know we, we were looking forward to the season i kept hunting i actually middle well it was about uh somewhere in october you know 20th through about 25th somewhere in there i had a couple of days off i went hunting up in bates county up there with you where you guys 
are. Yep. And uh, I went to one of my stands, the same stand I shot Moose out of, actually. And right about 30 minutes before dark, I had a real nice 10 point. Walk in 20 yards from me. And, you know, I, I was guessing him to be in the probably in the 130s. And I decided not to shoot him. Uh, I had a perfect, it was perfect. Everything worked out. I had my camera out. I was, you know, trying to film. Oh, no, I didn't have my camera. Sorry. I didn't have my camera that time. Uh, didn't have my camera. If I would have had the camera and was working or was filming, I, I possibly would have shot this deer just because of how perfect it all worked out. But decided to pass on him. Uh, then uh, a couple days later, we went right back there. I took my decoy, and I had my uncle with me filming. And we took the decoy in, set it up, got in our stand. We hadn't been there 30 minutes. I do a little rattling sequence, and my uncle starts tapping me and telling me there's a deer in the field. Well, you'd have to know my uncle, (laughs) but (laughs) we we like to joke around with each other and give each other hell a lot. And he... He was so he hadn't he hasn't been hunting in a long time. He he hadn't been really hunting much, so he he just decided to come film me, and he starts tapping me, like about to knock me out of the stand to tell me that there's a deer in the field. (laughs) And I thought he was jacking around with me, so I'm like, uh huh. And I turn around, and there is a real nice eight point standing about 15 yards from the decoy, and it didn't work out. By the time I got turned around, trying to get my bow and everything, I don't know if he smelled. Smell where we were around the decoy or what what got him, but you know he blew and ran off. Man, and uh, you know that would have that would have been a cool one. Uh, I've used a decoy a few times. I've never shot a deer while using one. Um, you know, I, I, it's another one of those things where I always really have plans on taking it, but they're so bulky, so cumbersome to carry around that you take them once or twice and you're like, I'm not carrying this anymore. Right. So, so that was you know kind of got to the end of October, and. Our big hunt was coming up, and I forget what day we started our hunt on this year. Or Friday, I think. I think we went up there on Friday. We drove up. I met him. We drove up there, and, it, you know, it's a it's a five-hour drive from my house up there where we hunt. So we had a long drive. Uh, he pulled his camper. We were camp, we were going to camp in his camper all weekend or all week. Got up there, and the day we – a few days, like the week leading up to was going, the last week of October, you know, it got real cold. It got cool. Stuff, you know, we saw deer get, get, you know, killed everywhere around. Like, we were really excited. Um, the weekend before we went up was youth season. And a prop, a neighboring property, the property we hunt up there, a kid shot a 190-inch deer. Wow. And, you know, we talked about it and we were, we were joking about it. Can you imagine if we get up there and that, that deer's on camera? And that's one that we have on our one of our cameras very <laughs> religiously. That's going to be awful, you know. Yeah, it'll make you sick. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we end up getting up there, uh, you know, start checking cameras, start hunting. And the day that we drove up, that's where I was going with this. The day we drove up, you know, it got up to in the 50s. And we're like, man, this sucks. You know, we had south wind. Uh, all, almost all the places we hunt down there are up there are mainly good on north winds right and forecast was for the like from saturday through the next thursday south winds i mean days getting up into the 70s almost and we had a lot of wind it it was warm you know but it was time of year it was the rut you know so the first night i decided to go in to a spot that we didn't have a stand hung because most of our stands were set for north winds and I go in, and I'm 
I don't even get into the tree, and I have a, uh, you know, like a year and a half, two and a half year old deer come in, a buck, and ends up walking within 15 yards of me while I'm on the ground trying to pick out the tree that I'm going to climb. Uh, get get my stand, start hanging it. Uh, I actually hung in this, this tree last year, and I shot a buck out of it that we couldn't find. He ducked when I shot him, and uh, I hit him high. Listening to your your first podcast, you're talking about the rages, and, mm-hmm. and I was using a rage at the time. And, you know, I, I've never had problems with rages not opening, and I know that's where a lot some people have had. My biggest issue was just penetration. Right. And uh, I hit this deer high, which I was up in a tree, so, you know, angle was starting to go. But I literally got, like, five inches of penetration, and I, I just didn't reach anything vital. And actually that day after I shot him, we went back to camp. The next morning, we got up and went and looked for him. We found a little bit of blood where he had crossed over onto some other private property a long ways from where we shot him. So I knew most likely he was alive. I went back to camp, and I, I changed broadheads. I was like, I'm not even shooting these anymore. <laughs> so uh, if you ever watch, if you watch the video from my hunt last year, once I, once I shoot the buck, and he, we watch him fall on camera, you know, after he runs like 15 yards, I, I say the dead meat did its job because I use a G5 dead meat. Yep. And, you know, some people ask me, like, why, you know, why are you so, you saying something like, are you sponsored by them? And I'm not. But I was so fed up with uh, losing the deer the night before that, like, once it worked, it was just like, ah, the dead meat did its job, you know? Absolutely. So this year I actually switched to shooting fixed blades. I, I wanted to kind of go back to that, A, for, you know, I was trying to go out elk hunting. But also just to kind of put my mind back to ease of not having to worry about a mechanical broadhead. Right. And so, uh, but anyway, I got back in that same spot. While I'm hanging, like I got my stand up, I'm in there, and I'm starting to get all my stuff situated. And I watch a nice 10-point chase chase a doe. And, I, you know, I'm scrambling to get ready. By the time I get ready and everything, you know, he's probably 150 yards away from me going away. And I, I start rattling and don't get his attention i end up rattling in another little buck that was right there and uh for the rest of the night i had does and little bucks around me but i never saw a big one again and uh like i said it kept it was just warm we kept hunting i saw a couple decent bucks uh passed on another probably 125 130 inch deer but you know like i said you know he's my buddy his biggest that he shot up there's in the 170s so you know they're, they're there and so you gotta you know you gotta hold out trying to get to one of those Right. And uh, so about middle of the week, well, I think it was I think it was on Wednesday, maybe. Wednesday or Tuesday evening. I think it was Wednesday evening. A fraud came in, and it did get cooler, and, temp- and, and winds had changed, and they were coming from the west. And that was that, that night that we, we were on our way in, uh, and, I, and I saw that buck that was better with that doe out in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And so I went after him. Uh, maybe that was Tuesday evening. Went after him, did didn't get him. Went up into the timber there where we had another stand. I couldn't get to the stand because I was late. You know, after messing with the stock on him and everything. But I actually ended up seeing another buck that we had on camera up there that we kind of had dubbed Crabby, same as the buck that you ended up shooting this year that you guys have called Crabby because he had you know crab claws at the end of his main beams. Yep. And I saw him that night, so I knew you know we wanted to get in there. And uh, the next night, I did go in there, uh, didn't see him, 
what did I see that? I don't remember what I saw that night for sure. But we'd went in there. It didn't, you know, didn't work out. And then Thursday morning, I, I actually got up. It was, it, it was colder that morning. It was probably the coldest morning we'd had up there. Uh, winds were still out of the south. It switched back and we're out of the south again. And um, my buddy, every year that we go up there, it's me, my buddy, and then his father-in-law. His father-in-law had already shot a deer, and so he was going to go home that day. And my buddy decided he wasn't going to get up and go that morning. That was going to be his rest morning. And so I got up and went, took off and left and went hunting by myself. Got out there, you know, like I said, it was the coldest morning I was there. Like, I was actually really excited about it. I mean, it was weird with the south wind, but it was, you know, it was down, you know, in the upper 20s, low 30s. Right. I uh, saw a couple deer that morning, a couple does, a couple little bucks chasing them. And I'm, I'm watching a hillside. So the property, like I said, it's 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 a very hill, very hill country right here. And most of it is cow pasture. I'm in the very corner of this, you know, cattle property mm-hmm. with just a corner of timber. And then where I'm at, I can watch this hillside on the neighboring property. But that's where most of the deer are coming off of. They're using that corner to go through and into another draw where they use to travel up to the bigger timber. So, you you know, you're just kind of in a, you're in a little funnel, but there's not much land there to deal with. Right. And, uh, and most of the deer I was watching was on this other property and I, and I caught a glimpse of a good buck uh, or I thought it was a good buck. Saw a rack, you know, got excited uh, thinking that, you know, maybe, maybe this is going to be it. So I, I rattled and um, never saw that deer. But when I rattled that time, for some reason, I looked over my left shoulder, and coming down the hill of the cattle pasture, I just saw a buck. And from the time I saw him, I knew he was a good deer. I knew he was a mature deer. And he comes comes down, comes right into that little funnel, and, and you know, making his way through me, to me. Um, I think I think he was going to pass by me actually, because he came in that timber. It's, it's very open, mature hardwood, so you can see quite a bit the deer can and so whenever you rattle them they start looking we used a decoy out of that spot a couple nights before and was able to you know draw deer in close enough but when you rattle they they start looking they just want to see that other deer and the one good thing is you got those hills and you got there's a big creek bed there so they do have to move around a little bit to look for where a deer would be and this buck was going he was passing to the east of me and i i grunted at him and he turned and came right down the fence line right to me i funneled him right in uh came into i think it was i think i after i shot i think i ended up ranging him at like it was like 16 or 17 yards and uh we had been talking earlier in the week about frontal shots yeah my buddy's father-in-law had shot his deer straight on right in the chest oh wow and the deer ran 30 yards and piled up and i talked about i'd never shot a deer in, in the chest before like i just you know, I never really thought about that shot. I just, I don't know if I liked it. And Tim and his father were like, oh, yeah, we've shot plenty of them that way. You know, you just, this and that. So, anyway, this buck comes into 16 yards, stops. I had, draw, I had already drawn. And, you know, for no one knows the reason why they do it. But it, for some reason, deer love to just look up into trees. Right. <laughs> you know, and this deer looks right up at me. And he's standing, you know, standing there 17 yards from me, looking straight up at me. And what flashes through my mind is Tim and Mike saying, oh, yeah, we shot plenty of deer in the chest. 
So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. So I set on my pin, and I shoot him. And I hit, I, I don't know, I don't know if it was due to him being closer, you know, being that close to me being so high, or maybe it was me, but I ended up shooting and hit him a little bit higher than what I would have liked to. So I actually hit him, and it goes into his neck and into his body cavity. Right. But, but it actually, you know, clips his spine on the way in, so he drops, you know, does the, the lock-up buck thing, and he's right there. I ended up having to shoot him again to dispatch him. Uh, he, you know, he, he would have, he would have probably died, but I, as much as I love hunting, I love, I've killed plenty of animals in my life. I also don't like to watch deer suffer or any Absolutely. animal suffer. So, so I actually, I'll even throw this little good fun point in for everyone. He, where he was, there was a tree in between me and him. And so, you know, I, I dropped him. He was kicking around. Uh, I was trying to get another shot at him. I had to lean out around trying to get past this tree. And I don't know if it was me or if I had, because of having more clothes on because it was cold or what, but I kind of flinched when I shot because of how I was leaning out around this tree. And I dead centered this tree about 10 yards in between me and the deer. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> you know? So I, I ended up, you know, I ended up knocking out there and shooting him. And I got him. Uh, he ended up being real nice, 10 point. Uh, I, I actually haven't shot a lot of 10 points. It's like I always shoot eight points. So, you know, that, that was nice. Uh, measured him out to be 145 inches, two eighths. So, you know, I got, he was over that 140 mark that I wanted to shoot. And, you know, I had a good hunt. It was rough. It was tough. You know, we dealing with warmer temperatures and, you know, I still able to get it done. The next couple of days I hunted with Tim and, you know, he actually came away not shooting a buck this year up there because of just, you know, how, how tough the conditions were. Right. And people don't realize how tough it is sometimes, you know, the weather and the pressure and there's so much that goes into bow hunting that people don't even think about. Yeah. And, you know, listen, to, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. I listen to yours, you know, your the pilot or not the pilot, but the actual episode one earlier today. And, you know, listening to some of the stuff people talk about. Yeah, you know, I'm a firm believer that the rut is when the rut is. Uh, you know, here in Missouri, that last week of October, that first week of, into November, and then, you know, going on just a little bit more. Like, that's that's when deer are rutting. And, and people, the rut is, uh, well, okay, really the rut's all year. But, you know, rut has many phases and expands. But what people want to hunt is a seek phase. Right. You know, that's what that's what we want as well. When a seat phase is in, you know, rattling works real great. Bucks are up on their feet, moving around a lot. And um, you know, we were hitting the end of the seat phase, getting getting into the lockdown phase a little bit right there. Yep. Where bucks actually are starting to be with those that are receptive. When that happens, you know, they get they get um, you know pushed into some very tight pockets pushed out in the middle of open fields into one little bee brush pile that you can't get to, you know. Yep. And, and that makes it hard to hunt. And then, you know, they'll, they'll stay with that doe for like 48 hours, I think it is. And then, you know, they move on. Yep. Well, the problem with us, this what happened to us this year, is we were getting there at the end of the seek, the main seek phase into a little bit of lockdown, but then we also had all that heat. So when they started to do the seeking again, they were doing a lot of that at night. You know, People always talk about the weather and the rut, like, oh, it's been too hot. Well, it doesn't change. What changes is the activity that you see. Right. And and so when it's hot like that, they just do it at night because it's cooler. I mean, yep. if you have a big, you know, if 
you have a big winter coat on, you're wearing your down coat. You're not going to go run around when it's 70 degrees. You're going to wait until it cools off to below 50 at night. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. And so this year was rough. We actually are planning on next year going a few days earlier. Um, you know, it's hard. We're always trying to decide what we're going to do. Tim has two younger girls, so he's always wanting to wait until after, you know, after Halloween's over because they always dress up and, you know, do their, do their Halloween stuff. And then his, uh, his in-laws blessed him with his wife's birthday being on, I think it's November 6th or 7th. I can't remember off, right off the top of my head. So, so we're always dealing with that as well. Like, you know, he's got his wife's birthday. And, but we're going to try to go a little bit earlier this year or this next coming year. Maybe be able to hit that, that time where we can, you know, rattle in some bucks and stuff a little bit easier. It, it's, it's so much fun that time of year just because of that reason. Like, you get so much more interaction out of big bucks and just – deer in general you know there it seems like there's more of them running around and it, it's it's exciting so are you done for the year or are you still going well actually i was going to hunt this evening um i plan on going hunting this evening i actually have a farmer down the road for me that has a, a winter wheat field and there's been quite a few deer out there still and the other night when i was working i was coming home i actually saw a nice buck nice. in the middle of the night so I, I know there's a good buck still here but last night i actually sold my bow Oh, so I'm bowless. That's no good. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I'm actually the next time I will hunt. I think it will be next Monday and Tuesday. Uh, be muzzleloader season or alternative season here in Missouri. And I plan on going out for a couple of days. Actually, up there in Bates County, I think Dad's going to be in town. Yep. Go a couple of times. Um, you know, you'll be around. So plan on us going out. Maybe trying to get a couple of sits in then. And then other than that, I'll probably be done um, until I end up, you know, buying my next bow. Heck yeah! So, so let's just touch on this right before I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go here pretty quick. But uh, let's touch on bows. What you're a Matthews man? I am. I, I've you know I've shot Matthews now, oh, probably about 15 years, really. Right. Uh, and I, I did I did step away. You know, one year I got a bow tech and, and I liked it. Um, before that, we shot high. I shot high countries. Uh, any any more? If you go with one of the you know the top manufacturers, you know whether it be Bowtech, Hoyt, Matthews, um, even down, you know you got some of the little bit you know lesser bows, but still good quality bows, and you know with Bear and and Prime and, and those bows. Yep. You know bows bows are bows now. I mean, technology is so far advanced that that you, you know you're going to be able to kill deer it really just comes down to what you know what you like what you feel comfortable with and and matthews never really let me down i, I like how they feel I like how smooth they are quiet um, and so that's why i've kind of stuck with those uh i've actually thought about possibly going traditional yeah but that'd be that'd be kind of cool haven't, haven't made that jump yet right I, it's funny i'll have to tell you a little story here um about Matthews, you know, uh, I was in Wisconsin and I just pulled into the RV park and, uh, I was getting my camper set up in this place and I, I had to go to the office for something and I pull up, well, I got a Matthews sticker on the back window of my truck and here I am in a place I've never been before. And it was a completely different part. I mean, the country was so different from what I'm used to. And this guy jumps out of a truck. And he's like, oh, you're a Matthews guy. And I started laughing. I said, yeah, because I ain't had a choice just because, you know, my brother-in-laws and 
the whole family up here, we're all Matthews guys, and it's so it's like, yeah, yeah definitely, I'm a Matthews guy. <laughs> but yeah, I love them. Yeah. They're awesome. They're good bows. It's kind of one of those cult things, you know, like you got your Jeep cult and your CrossFit cult. Matthew, yep. your bows become the same way, you know. If you're a Matthews guy, you argue about them being the best. If you're a Hoyt guy, you argue of those being the best. Um, my buddy Tim, he's a Hoyt guy. We always give each other crap about it. But, you know, all in all, I'd shoot his bow just as much as I'd shoot mine. You right. Know, they're, they're good bows. Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking some time and getting with us on this deal. And uh, I wish you luck on your upcoming hunts and – just keep doing what you're doing, and, you know, for everybody that's listening, go check them out. Epic Release Adventures, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube videos, check it out. Yep, and then maybe next week while I'm up there, maybe we can do one in person and we can throw together, like, a question and answer or something. Absolutely. Days someone needs to interview you a little bit, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be, that'd be fun, and it'd be uh, something a little different, and, you know, because it's hard you know people don't realize how hard this podcast stuff is when if you're by yourself you know a lot of podcast guys they got uh co-hosts and stuff like that so it's like oh well i gotta rely on a phone quite a bit so but i'm just glad i got a library like i do to get a hold of you guys yep yep so. it works great maybe we'll do this we can do this plenty of times so absolutely all so. right i'll holler at you later man all right buddy stay safe out there all right bye bye all right, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to do our Coors break, my favorite time of the day. This one is a little bit later in the show, but that's all right. Anytime is Coors time. The Rockies run down the length of America like a backbone. And for almost 140 years now, that's where we've brewed our Coors Banquet beer, using only Rocky Mountain water and the best high country barley. That's something we refuse to change. And that's what having a backbone is all about. Coors, the Banquet beer. so much fun i'm glad to be able to do something and get a lot of people involved but you know what our favorite segment is coming up next because if you listen to the pilot we're gonna go ahead and do our blind bob segment right now and no other segment fits more perfect than right after the beer break segment because uh you know bob he might be a blind guy but he sure likes to put away that beer not really just just a few bush lights every once in a while but with that being said, let's get Blind Bob on the phone and see what's going on in his world. Heartland Service in detail. Blind Bob, what's up, buddy? What's up, dude? 
So, uh, you know, of course, we told you you're going to have your own segment in every show, so this is your time to shine. <laughs> uh, I don't know about today, but this has got a charger in there. You got a charger in there? Yeah, we're putting a new uh, drive shaft in it. Nice. Right now. So. Uh, no, it's not nice. It's not nice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, uh, I think these uh, um, Identifix and them better change their times on these things. Uh-oh. On all these newer cars. Man, I'm telling you, something about newer cars, they're just not the same, are they? No, no, this is crazy. With what we had to do, just put a little drive shaft in there with the, uh, it's got a little carrier bearing. It's a pretty nice charger. It's one of those uh, rallies yep. with the all-wheel drive and everything. Oh, nice. And, uh, uh, but... Man, they put everything so compact on these things now. Yeah, it's crazy. There's so much plastic in the engine bay, it's not even funny. Yeah, well, even underneath the car, everywhere. The bumpers are coated, are covered with plastic, everything, you know. And now they got all the new sensors in, so you're afraid to hit anything too hard. Right. And you're going to blow one of the airbags. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Oh, yeah, it gets crazy. So, so you said something the other night to me that kind of inspired me a little bit. What's that? I I really think I really got to thinking about your wanting to harvest the dough, and uh, I'm all about it. I'm going to do everything I can to help you get that done. Cool, that'd be awesome. We could do maybe we can do you know late alternatives or alternative seasons coming up. Uh, and that's I that's in the second week of January, isn't it? Uh, it's actually coming up next week. Is it? It is. Oh. So we are going to make this happen. And if we do, we are going to video and get you set up and see if we can't get you some meat in the freezer. Cool. Hey, um, you know, my cousin was going to help me do that up there in uh, North Missouri. Late, uh, what is it? Lathrop? Yep. Up there. And uh, he came up with the idea of putting a laser on the end of my gun so he could see where I was pointing. Right. But I don't know if that the laser would be legal for me because I'm blind. Right. Well, you know, you know that's something I think we'll just, we're going to talk to some local authorities and uh-huh. find out and see, but, but either way, I'm going to put you on a deer. I don't care if I got to look down the scope before you pull the trigger. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get you on something. I think that would be so awesome to be able to help, help somebody like you harvest a deer. Heck yeah. So, I mean, and, and, I do the fishing and everything else already. So, yeah. So, you, you know, know, one thing about Blind Bob, and this is the best part about this segment, is this is about not slowing down because of a disability, not letting it slow you down. And you, sir, you do not let it slow you down a bit. No, try not to. So, well, I appreciate you talking with us, and we are going to get, we're definitely going to get this done and get something accomplished with this. Okay. And uh, it'll be, we're going to make sure it's all over Facebook and everywhere. It's going to go viral. Yeah, let's make sure it's all legit. Oh, oh yeah. For, know, oh, yeah, for sure. And stuff. Yep. I'm going to make some so, phone calls, and we're going to see what we can't get done. Cool. That'd be awesome. All right, buddy. Well, hey, you tell them boys to work a little harder. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> kids nowadays, trying. you know, they're kind of, kids nowadays just don't want to work. No. No. So. And then they don't want to show up, or they're always an hour late, or something. It, it's just, it's hard to find good help anymore. Yep. But I got your, I got one. 
and he shows up every day. Well, he better. If not, I'll kick his ass. Jordan. (laughs) Yep. Actually, Jordan was actually on uh, episode one. He was the co-host for episode one. Yeah, I I already heard it. I think yeah. he did. I think he did a good job. He's just a little nervous, and he's got to learn to talk into that microphone a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he's he's good one. Absolutely, good kid. Well, so. I appreciate that. And well, sir, you have a great day, and uh, we'll holler at you later on. All right, then we'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Well, that was pretty awesome talking to Blind Bob. He's a good guy, but we're saving the best for next because this is fun because i got a little fun little story everybody knows jordan jackson jordan say hi at it now the next guy i'm going to introduce this is a funny story because he's not your average hunter (laughs) he's not your he's an awesome guy but he's just never been introduced to it and it was one of those guys that we got to introduce hunting to him and he's still not sure about it, but he appreciates it and he understands where we're coming from. And so for that, we can be on the same page. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my brother-in-law, Jabbar. How y'all doing, everybody? Jabbar, where are you from? Madisonville, Texas. Madisonville, Texas. Now, when everybody thinks Texas in the hunting world, instantly you think... Oh, they got to be a hunter because they're from Texas. But that's not the case, is it? Hell no. <laughs> Sometimes people just, they it's just not built into them. Nope. Have you ever hunted in your life? Never ever hunted in my life. And, of course, everybody, if you've listened to episode uh, one, we got to talk with Jordan. Jordan, it's been in his family forever. But for us, it's normal. And for Jabbar, it just doesn't happen. So... With that being said, we had a, what, it was Christmas, right? Yeah. We had a family Christmas and just outside of Stephenville, Texas, at my mom and dad's house. And we go down there, and of course, my sister and Jabbar showed up, and what did we do? Well, we went hog hunting, and uh, it, was a, it was a fun experience. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was one of them things where it was foreign to me, but, hey, I got the hang of it, and uh, I enjoy it, but I don't like pulling the trigger. (laughs) See? So, okay, so that right there, that goes to show you that hunting is not made for everybody, but that doesn't mean you got to be one of those dick bags that run around with red paint buckets and throw shit on fur coats because you don't like hunting. And I hope Ted Nugent, I hope Uncle Ted is watching because, you know what? I'm with him. This is, we get so much bad reviews and bad reps because of what we do, but just because somebody doesn't agree with you doesn't mean you can't get along. Yeah, you're right about that. We do it all the time. Yeah. Uh... We took Jabbar, we took him hog hunting outside of Stephenville. And I mean, we're talking, (laughs) it was a little, if you've never been hunting, it was a little sketchy because (laughs) a bunch of guys show up at the house and we go into a bedroom and we come out and we're all decked out with ARs. AR 15 to the the max. (laughs) Yeah, we had a bunch of AR 15s, we had an AR 10. 
we were going hog hunting in Texas, and we were excited because, like us, we drove down from Missouri, and we knew exactly what we were going to do when we got there. So we're like, okay, we are going to kill some shit. Like, this is what we're excited about. And pigs in Texas, the pigs in Texas have overrun everything, and they tear up fields. So it's it's almost like coyotes up north. So up here, it's just predator control in a sense. And so Jabbar, this poor guy, he got stuck in the middle of this. <laughs> he said, we said, come on, let's go. And he's like, oh, okay. So I handed him a camera, and I said, you can film for us. And yep. what do we do? We left the house. What did we jump in? We jumped in the razor. And we went to um, went to a site. And uh, I was more scared than the hogs than they were me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was sir. Okay, so hog hunting in Texas in the middle of the night. You're walking into a place. And like for me, like I had never been to this place before. I knew it was a big field. And you walk in there, and you got these badass spotlights on your guns, right? Yeah. And we walk in. We're walking in the dark. And you know there's pigs out there. They're everywhere. So we walk in in the dark. And then all of a sudden, my dad says, wait right here. Because for some reason, I don't know if he's got x-ray vision or what, but he knew exactly where we were at. Yeah. And I, I can do the same thing on the places I've been to, but I think only I think Dad's only been there like once. Yeah. So it was pretty awesome to watch him go, watch this. And he shows up out there, and he's like, just wait right here. He's like, now look to your left. On three, we're going to shine these lights. And we said, okay. I looked at Jabbar. I said, all right, get that camera ready. Here we go. One, two, three. Boom. Lights come on. Not a fucking thing standing out there. <laughs> the suspense of hog hunting will kill you. I'm telling you, it's bad. But it was so fun. That was a blast. And we seen we did see some eyes. We seen yeah. coons. There was coons and trees. And there was like possums. And I mean, there was your typical creatures that would be out at nighttime out there. But there was no pigs. No pigs. And I was trying to see... Um... When I can run away because I I showed him one in the hood come get me, <laughs> and I had a what what I had an AR fifteen yep. and I was I was still scared. <laughs> <laughs> so now okay, so now you say that, yeah. But now if we would have took you out to the gun range because we did take you to the gun yeah. range later on, yeah. And you kind of got comfortable with the rifle, yeah. Now if we would have took you hog hunting after that. Would you have felt more comfortable? I probably would have because that's my first time handling something like that. So, and that's my first time being hog hunting because I ain't never been hunting in my life. So, yeah, it was a good experience. Yeah, yeah. and it, I mean it was fun. It was. Yeah. But it, it's, oh, go ahead. It, but it's just not my cup of tea, you know what I'm saying? Because like I say, I don't. I feel uncomfortable doing that. But it's some stuff that you know. I just want to go have fun with my brother-in-laws. Yeah, in my. In my uh, my father-in-law, so it was a good experience. It's it's fun. We had a blast, and I think, I mean, it's it's going to happen more. Yeah. Because you're, you're one of us now, so yeah. now you're stuck. <laughs> we say we're going hog hunting. Jabbar, he might not. He's going to go because he likes to go. He might just not have a gun in his hand. Yeah. But sometimes that makes the best cameraman. Yeah, I had the best yeah. camera. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. if you got a camera, hell, you're golden. 
And don't worry, you run faster than the rest of us. You're damn right, I would. <laughs> and I and I know this for a fact. I know he runs faster than us because we go down in February. This was a month and a half after we had went hog hunting for Christmas. My father-in-law, him and I took off. We said, you know what? We're going to go to Texas. Let's just go get away. We had some stuff to do with work, and we wanted just we just wanted to go. And the hogs were fixing to go back on everybody's planting. So when people are planting in Texas, the hogs quit going to feeders and they start going to fields because that's where the food's at. So we're like, here we come. Well, lo and behold, my sister and Jabbar show up. And we're like, all right, we're going to go hog hunting. In Texas, you can feed whatever you want to. If you're going to kill something, you can feed it. So... At nighttime, we wait. There's a light outside of the feeder. And when that feeder light kicks on, you can see it from the back porch. So me and Jabbar and Doug, we stroll on out towards the feeder because we seen the light was on. Well, we get out there, and there's pigs around. Doug and I shot a pig. The next morning, we go out there, and we're walking and I, we were feeling pretty good because we done killed a pig. We're all, oh, yeah, it ain't no big deal. Well, we're walking. Well, my father-in-law is kind of a jokester. And he's about five foot in front of me and Jabbar. And we're walking. And all of a sudden, he stops and he jumps bigger than hell. He goes, whoa, watch out. And he turns around and comes running right back at us. Well, of course, him and I freak out because we don't know what's going on. And I've never seen my father-in-law move that fast in my life. And I, I've i never seen him get chased by anything. But I'm telling you, if he was in the Olympics, he'd be hauling some ass. Yeah. So, Second place. First yeah, place, something like that. For sure. So he took off running. He was coming at us 100 miles an hour. Well, all of a sudden, next thing you know, I look over to turn around. And Jabbar's already gone. He's gone. There is nothing but dust. He was already over the cattle guard and running towards the house. And if y'all know anything about black men, if we see somebody running, we know we we not going to ask no questions. We're going to take our running with them. We gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> it yep. was it was fun. Yeah, it was fun, man. Doug Just, shouldn't have did that. <laughs> Doug should not have done that. I almost it, pulled the hamstring. Yeah, no, it scared the shit out of me too. But that was hilarious. And it was fun, but that's that's the kind of stuff that happens, and that's why I keep preaching on this show, is if you're not used to being in the outdoors, get out there and go try something different, because just like right now, here's a guy that has never hunted, and he doesn't, he doesn't much care for pulling the trigger on something, and you don't have to. You can go out there. I know plenty of guys, and there's a guy on this show or that watches this podcast, he takes pictures. Some people like pulling the trigger on a camera just like we like pulling the trigger on a gun. And it's it's the same thing, except for if you take pictures, you're not going to eat that son of a gun. Me, I prefer eating deer meat. That's my favorite. But it doesn't make you any different, any worse, or any better. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different ways to take shots of animals in the outdoors. I think that's the first time I ever ate deer meat is with my brother-in-law and his fa- and uh, my father-in-law. So, yeah, it's pretty good. It was a little tough, but it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good, man. It's just one of those deals. Like that's 
That's what I'm saying is if people would just, just anytime you get the chance to get outdoors and get your asses off the couch, shut YouTube off. And it's the same thing for your kids. Just open yourself up to new stuff. Yes. Yeah. Be open. And honestly, like, okay, so now we're talking about kids. You have a kid. Yeah. You have you have kids, actually. Yeah. Now, my biggest problem with kids nowadays is kids want to sit in the house and play video games. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way, the way it, just the way it is now. When I was a kid, I hey, I was outside, man. That was the way it I was. I enjoyed the outside. Yeah. 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 Man, you could make a friend with a stick and yeah. play all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the way it was. And, like, kids nowadays, if they're not inside on a video game, they're just, they're almost they're worthless. Life. No, they yeah. don't have a clue about what's going on. Yeah. Because if it ain't on Fortnite, they don't have a clue. They talk about, they could see, like, okay, so I have an AR. Jordan, would you grab me that gun real quick? So, just like this. They see a rifle like this. Here's a here's a prime example. We'll show it on Facebook. Here you go. Here's an AR, right? Just a simple AR. There's nothing crazy about this gun at all. Nothing. It's just a damn gun. A lot of people want to call it a, an assault rifle. Well, I don't know. Any gun is an assault rifle. They ought to, they ought to well, might change that and call it an assault finger. Yeah. Anything. Because this is where it comes from. Mm-hmm. You know? And kids, they watch so much bullshit on TV nowadays. Yeah. And they don't get outside. And too many people don't raise their kids around weapons. Yeah. My kids know. Yeah. They're guns, and you don't touch them. Even the fake guns. Toy guns, they play with them. Yeah. They don't. Because any gun can assault you. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell, a freaking frying pan can assault you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't see women running around saying, oh, or men running around saying, she hit me with that assault frying pan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, it's just one of those things. Like, people need to get outdoors. They need to go experience something new, try new things, and don't be scared. Yeah. You know? Jabbar wasn't scared. I'm sure deep down he was, but he damn sure. I just hope we're going to tell him. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to just read this out loud. Uh, I got a buddy that just commented. He said, I want to finger assault some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this is the explicit version of this podcast because holy shit, it just got deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, but no, like what I'm saying is. Is if people would just go outside, spend more time outside. You know, I got a fire pit in my backyard. And what did we do last night, Jordan? Well, last night we went and did uh, s'mores. We were out there most of the night. Yeah, and just hung out by the fire. Just light a fire. And that's all it takes. And when I say light a fire, I don't mean just physically. It lights a fire inside you. Because there's nothing better than getting outside... The wind's blowing, the stars are out, the moon's shining. You're not worried about what's on a damn TV screen. If people would just focus on what's real, focus on things you can see with your own two eyes. Well, if you remember when, how excited they got whenever uh, they saw those uh, shooting stars. Yeah. I mean, 
they freaked out about it. If they would just pay a little more attention, be outside a little more, they'd see that kind of stuff more. And and last night was a big night for people out watching stars because the the Christmas star, yeah, the star of Bethlehem was out. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see it because we had a little cloud cover. And they said if you went to the outside edge of town, you could see it. But I wasn't going to drive because we had burgers on the grill and we were cooking and had a fire going. But just like that, that's things that you cannot take back. It's been 800 years since that's happened. So for you to waste it by sitting on your ass on a couch, not being outside, doing something productive. I call it productive because... I'm kind of old school, and you grew up in the old school way, yeah. too. Like, if it was 8 o'clock in the morning, say it's June, right? It's hot outside. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. If you were still in the house, yeah. if you weren't eating breakfast or taking a shower or brushing your teeth, your mom's going to whip your ass. Yeah. It's get out of the house, and don't come back till it's dark. For real. If it ain't lunchtime, don't, don't let me catch your ass in this house. Mm-hmm. And nowadays... You tell a kid to go outside, he'll sit out there by a tree and be bored to death because he has no imagination and no idea what to do out there. You might as well whoop their ass. Yeah, you might as well just whip them and say, just <laughs> go to your room. Know, they don't have a clue, man. They just, and they got, kids got it so easy nowadays. Yeah. You know, some of the shit people, have you ever gone to Walmart? How many people have gone to Walmart? Everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. How many times in Walmart have you walked through the aisle? And you listen to how the kids talk to their parents. That <laughs> shit would have never happened. Hell no. They probably, I probably would have got hit upside the head with, with a can good or something like that. If I <laughs> talk crazy to my mama. Microsoft just dropped three points. Bop! <laughs> right upside your head. You know what I'm saying? For like, real, man. They're not playing. And like now, these these kids nowadays, they're just like, they talk to their parents like it ain't nobody's business. I got a four-year-old and she does the same crap. But I'm a little different. Yeah. I'll light her up. Yeah. Uh, you ain't going to talk to me like that. Yeah. I'm your dad. In my house, it's, and I'm not a drill sergeant by any means, but it's yes, sir, no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Because a handshake, a smile, and good manners will take you farther in life than any amount of money you have in your pocket. You sure right about that. I, I really believe that. You know, uh, but kids nowadays, they just, you know, they get a little irritated, a little fussy, and they want to go to... Well, you better watch out. No, you better watch out. <laughs> I don't deal with that, man. I just take that bed off, and they know what time it is. That's it. Like, <laughs> have you seen Yellowstone? Have you watched Yellowstone at all? No, nah, I haven't. Y'all need to. I know you have. I've, I've watched a few episodes. I ain't watched more. That's a great show. It's awesome. And there was a scene that was actually not even in the damn the episodes, but it was talking about Beth. She's a crazy chick. Yeah. Um. She said something about, you're the trailer house and I'm the tornado. That's how I feel when my kids back talk me. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm a tornado. I'm fixing to tear <laughs> that ass up. Like, this is not going to go this way. Yeah, for real. So I just see red. That's how that's I see it. <laughs> it's like they can say something so little and minute. But you know damn well, if we would have said that kind of stuff to oh, our parents. Man, we'd be part of, that, part of the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd be a per- permanent fixture on your mom and dad's oh. wall. A back hand to the to the lips, <laughs> yeah, and a it. right hand to the head. <laughs> that's it. So yeah. now that's just, but that's the way it's going. So, and I I believe a lot of that is because of all the time inside. Yeah, 
you know, the only imagination kids get nowadays is because through video games. Mm-hmm. Now, we were around when the first ones came out. PlayStation and Sega. It, hell, I remember duck hunting on the Nintendo. Yeah. But the grown-ups were playing it. We never got to play it. Yeah. Until we got a little older. Yeah. And, and most, then we... Oh, yeah. And most of the, um, like, the back talk and, um, and the disrespect come from, like, the grown, the, the parents letting their kids be a part of their conversation. Right. And being friends with they with their kids. You can't be that nowadays. You gotta, you know, you gotta stay stern and, you know, let them know who boss. Because nowadays, they think they boss. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think they come out of the womb. Mm-hmm. Ever since 1997, yeah. I think they come out of the womb thinking they're the boss. Yeah. Because that's... That millennium kid. The millennium kid. Yeah. Like, hey, they, no, that millennials, that's you guys. Yeah. After that, that's we're Gen Z. Well, I'm see, I'm going to A3. He's yeah, 83, so he's he's older. I would be considered a millennial. He's still pretty close, though. Millennials goes pretty far, honestly. Yeah. But and, Gen Z is like well, the end of millennials, and that's right where I started. Well, I should say them 2,000 kids. Yeah, them 2,000 <laughs> kids are a little pain in the asses. Yeah, that's what I should say. But, you know, uh, but then again, it goes back to, it goes back to parenting, mm-hmm. you know. Um, too many kids, and it, here's where it starts. Those... 1990s kids that their parents said, oh, you know, my dad used to whip my ass when I was bad. I'm not going to do that to my kids. They obviously didn't learn a thing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in the sense of like a respect factor. Yeah. Kids, if you were born in the 90s and you have children and you got your ass whipped as a kid, you still have to understand there's that fine line between respect and and just acting like a jerk. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to put up with it. Mm-hmm. Not in my house. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, you know, I don't even say the word lie in front of my mom. I don't, I don't never disrespect her, never cuss, or nothing like that in front of my parents. So, you know, for me, it's been instilled in me, like, not to do that kind of thing. Right. So, you know. And I, I mean, I know people my age that have never smoked a cigarette in front of their mom and dad because they're scared to death. Yeah. And that's that's not fear. That's respect. Yeah. And sometimes respect's got to be... Well, for me, I got it beat into me. Yeah, you got to you know, you have it beat into you. I was, I was not the greatest kid in the world. I was kind of an asshole. I get, I get it. You know, I get it now. Yeah. It took me a long time to understand it, but as a 30-year-old now, I look back and go, yeah, you are a dick. Like, I would have beat your head in, too. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Real, man. Like that's just the way it goes. But uh, you know, as a kid, we were always in the, we were always outside, and we did go shoot guns. We never hunted deer. That we never did. I never did that until we covered that on episode one. Like I never did that until heck a couple years ago. What hunt deer? Yeah, yeah. You know, my family always had, but like I never, I never just wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. Not my deal. Yeah. And then the first time I did it, I was like, oh man, and I did it with a bow. Yeah. And it was a doe that I shot, and that was, to me, that was awesome. And then it just lit a fire under my ass, and I was going. Yeah. So, but, I don't know. I just feel like the outdoors is an important part of this country, and, and people need, in general. Yeah, you need to experience the outdoors a little bit. Get outside your element. Yeah. You know, it's more to life than just sitting in, sitting in the house behind a video game or the TV. Get outside, man, and enjoy yourself. Yes, and it goes it goes both ways too because I can say 
I've lived in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And that was, you talk about an experience. You think the woods are scary. Yeah. Go to West Hollywood. Yeah. We lived in a damn like seven story apartment in West Hollywood. Damn. I did. And I didn't tell my mom and dad. I didn't tell nobody. I just left. I left Texas. What was that like for you? It was crazy. Yeah. I was almost scared. You couldn't sleep at night because there was nothing but sirens and cars going by like crazy. Gunshots? Gunshots. And we, the craziest thing is, you know, you watch movies all the time, right? Yeah. And you know those movies with Jackie Chan where they go into these places and there's like people hanging like chickens and shit like that, <laughs> like right outside their window, right? Yeah. I'm not kidding you. That's what it was like in this apartment building. Yeah. And the elevator was scary. It creaked going up. Yeah. But then you walk into this apartment and it was nice. It was like, oh, okay. Because yeah. the girl I was seeing at the time, she was pretty Western. And I was like, oh, okay, this ain't bad. Okay. But when you walk around and there's... Damn chickens hanging. Chickens hanging and <laughs> they got rice out there drying. I said, what the hell am I doing? How do you want your chicken? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. So, but it goes both ways. Like, if you're, if you've only been in this element... Go experience something new. Yeah. Do it. Because you can. You only live once. We only get one shot at this. One shot. And you know, most people from my hometown ain't never been out, there, been out of Madisonville. So, But for me, you know, it's a good experience just coming up here and, uh, you know, enjoying this, enjoying this thing they call life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Go places, see things, do things that you wouldn't normally do. If you get the opportunity to go do something that you've never done, even if you may not like to do it, just go do it just to say you have. Mm-hmm. Because you never know what it might turn into. Yeah. It could blossom into something else and go, oh, I like this. I can do this. Yeah. So, you know, and it's it's like Jordan. We talked episode one. Jordan, he's not really, he's gone places on vacations, things like that. Yeah. But in a work sense, he's never... He's never had the opportunity to leave and say, okay, I'm just going to leave everything behind. I'm going to leave my family. I'm dropping everything. I'm going. And what was it like? I mean, it was it was weird. It's the first time I've been ever out of state for that long, for sure, when we went up to Wisconsin. Yep. It was just, I mean, different. I mean, something I'd never, something like I'd never experienced before. I mean, I didn't realize how different. It was cold Just as a hell. different state <laughs> It was nice then. It was cold, cold as hell. <laughs> That's I mean, how it is. Here, here it was cold. And for I missed. Real. I did miss a little bit of my favorite part of the year where it's that cooling down, but not quite, it's not quite on fire, 90 degree Missouri weather, but it's, uh, it's still not freezing cold. Right. My least favorite part of the year. Yeah, no, because I tell you what, I left and went to Minnesota about the time it started to get crappy. Then I went to Minnesota and it got worse <laughs> and it was horrible. Like, For real, I'm man. not a big fan of the cold weather. Unless... Yeah. I don't mind freezing my ass off, but I got to be sitting in a deer stand to do it. Like yeah. that's the only time. Well, that's the good thing about deer season being at being this time of year because otherwise, what's to look forward to when it's this cold, right? It's uncomfortable outside. And being in Texas, being from Texas, sixty-five degrees is cold to me. So man, <laughs> used to this thirty degree, twenty-nine degrees, then it's dropping down to seventeen degrees. I'm like man, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. I can't deal with it. <laughs> so it's it's the holiday week. This is 
We're just going to call this. We're not going to say it's a Christmas episode because we got to do one more before the end of the week. So we are going to do a Christmas episode. But this time of year, it's all about family and being together. And, and we all, with our jobs and what we do, we don't get to see each other as much as we'd like. But for some reason, we're always around the... We're always around each other, the important holidays. Yeah. So, you know, with that, like, I love having you guys around. I love you guys being here. It's awesome. It's fun. And we get to do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And around the holidays, you know, it's just, it's, it's good just being around friends and family, people who love you. Absolutely. You know, people who accept you. Yep. And like I was saying, like I was telling my brother-in-law earlier last year, you know, I never had nobody accept me the way that they did, you know. And just and just that alone, you know, it it makes you feel good around the holidays, knowing that you got friends and family who accept you and just and just love you. you know? Yeah, that's good. Man, I treat you just like just like my brother. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, never looked at you any different, uh-huh. and and I don't ever plan to be that way. Uh-huh. You know, it's if I can if I can take you out and we go coyote hunting or something, this time of year, the coyotes are running. I ain't going fucking coyote hunting. <laughs> you, can, you, can do, you can do that with somebody else. <laughs> I mean, it's just a dog. Yeah, I, ain't, I don't give a damn. It's a dog I ain't, never, I ain't accustomed to, so you can do that with somebody else. <laughs> it is a little yeah. colder. It is yeah, a little yeah. colder. <laughs> but... No, it's just one of those deals. Like, this time of year, it's always fun. Family's around. You get to hang out. And like I said, I've, I'm glad you've got to experience that. And because, and it's perfect for this show because we're always preaching about going outdoors and doing things different. And you've done it. Yeah. You've lived that firsthand. You've never done this stuff. And then we bring you in and we just throw you in the middle of it. Say, like, come on. Yeah. For real. Jabbar, come out the house. What are y'all doing? Oh, we're going to go shooting. What? Come on, grab a gun, let's go. And that's just the way it goes. Like we don't think nothing of it. And back when I was back when I was young, it, I didn't I didn't even uh, want to walk down the road dark. I mean, when it was dark, so you know. Can they, you imagine? They got now, the best of me. We gotta we gotta just <laughs> just play this out. And this is, can you imagine being a black guy in today's society? Right? Because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of bullshit mixed in with it. Because people don't think like we do. Yeah. Can you imagine being a black guy? And how many was there? there what? Was, how many of us was there? We all went. It was, it was five of us. Five of us. So you got four white guys and a black guy. With AR-15s. With AR-15s. <laughs> and we say, hey, we're going to go hog hunting. Come on. Look at my face. Hell no. Well, what I was thinking in my head, but, you know, them being my brother-in-law, I was like, let's go, man, you know. I was like, shit, I ain't never done it before. Let's go, man. Let's go. It's just one of those things. Like, we took him out there. And can you imagine how scared he was? We get on a Razor. We got, we're loaded with guns. And we're driving down the road. And he's sitting in between me and my brother. You know he was scared to death. AR-15 sticking out the damn side by side. Like, man, what the hell is going on? What I, what have I got myself into? That's what I was thinking. What have I got myself into? And now you look back and you go, it oh, shit, that was fun. It was <laughs> fun, man. I'd do it again, you know. But, you know, it's just, 
just one of them things you just got to get out there and experience experience life, man. That's Absolutely. It was that was that was probably one of the most that was probably one of the funnest. We didn't kill anything that night, but that was probably the most fun on a hunting trip that I ever had. Yeah, and that was my first time. I'm from the country, and that was my first time being in the woods it, like that. You know, and it was just it was an experience, but you know, it's an experience that you got to just. Go with somebody that you're comfortable with. Right. Because I'm not going out there with nobody scared who like me. <laughs> so you're saying if you went out there with like four guys that are scared of the dark, you ain't going. You damn right I'm not going. I'm not I'm not stepping foot out there. <laughs> but that was that was it was fun, man. That was a blast. Yeah. And and we're gonna do more of it. Because yeah. you know, not this year because of course the work schedule. Uh we're we're pipeline oriented in our jobs and uh it seems like all the big pipeline companies and big gas companies are pushing really hard to get a bunch of stuff done. I promised myself we wouldn't talk politics, so but I'm pretty sure it's politically uh, driven why they're trying to get all these jobs done. Mm-hmm. So just because they're they're unsure of what's going to happen, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah. But but next year, you know, this is just the beginning. The tip of the iceberg. That's it. We're just getting started. <laughs> Well, you better not leave me out there like Rose did Jack. Yeah. <laughs> if this is the iceberg, you better not leave me out there. <laughs> Just, I'll make sure you got your whistle. Hey, please. So you can go. <laughs> please. Get lost in the woods. We'll come find you. Yeah. But, no, that was. Ready to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, no, with that being said, Facebook, I'm glad you guys are watching. I'm glad you guys got to experience some of this. This episode is going to be off the chain. Episode 2 of White Tales and White Lines. Y'all be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Share the shit out of it. Please and if you, like, if you like a guy, ladies, if there's ladies on here, I'm going to do one of these. Ladies, if you're out there and you like a man, I'm talking a manly man. With a mullet. With a mullet. <laughs> Right here. For real. Leave it hey, to the camera. There's no law if you're drinking the cloth, okay? <laughs> there's no frown when you're drinking crap. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ain't got a Coors can, you're not a fucking man. So, with that being said, uh-oh, he's got a bush. Never mind. Bush light, that is. <laughs> oh, it's a regular. It's a bush heavy. So, here we go. Ladies. This fine specimen right here is up for grabs. You can check him out. Come Jordan Jackson on Facebook. What's your Instagram? Big Daddy. <laughs> I don't even know. Big Daddy, come get me. It's Oh, it's you've yeed your last haw. That's what it what is. is it? You've yeed you your last haw. yeed your last haw on Instagram. Ladies, check him out. He's up for grabs. That means hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, look at, we got actually, there's actually people watching. If you're watching, just say hi. Are you enjoying what we're doing here? This is my first time being on live camera. I don't usually do this. People are like, these sons of bitches are crazy. <laughs> they're they're going to get kicked off. You think, you think Mark Zuckerberg is going to kick us off Facebook? 
I hope so. I can't stand that son of a bitch. But anyways. He uh, knew what was going to happen when he created this shit. That, yeah, he shouldn't have known. That's a whole thing. We could talk for hours about that, too. Yeah, man. He knew you, what he was going to create. He knew what he was creating when he put Facebook Live and stuff like that. Yeah, you create a yeah. platform to let people go crazy. Well, this is what you get, sucker. You know, let us do our thing. I hope you like it. <laughs> I do. It's fun. Like, just, Don't delete us. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm going to be in Facebook jail for the next month, so be sure to check out Spotify. White tails and white lines. <laughs> for real. But... Well, like it and share it. Like it and share it. With that being said, thank you everybody on Facebook for hanging out. I'm going to actually let you guys hang out a little bit longer, but we're going to go ahead and jump off this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's been awesome. This has been fun. This has probably been the most uh, comical segment we've done. Yeah. Besides talking to the blind guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what's talking to Bob? Blind Bob, like, he's pretty funny. But with that being said, I'm going to hop off here. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for hanging out with White Tails and White Lines. Check us out next time, episode three. We are going to have a world champion bull rider and a super awesome positive influence. He's an awesome, uh, he's always he's always speaking about uh, up, uplifting and positive thinking. That's what it is, positive thinking. My God. So... <laughs> positive thinking and the power of prayer and your faith so with that being said i'm gonna let y'all go we'll see you guys next time have a great night take it easy yeah i'm gonna take my horse through the old town road i'm gonna Ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse. Ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley. You ain't been up off that porch. Now, can't nobody tell me nothing. Need me through they doors. Can't nobody tell me nothing.